Matthew chapter 2. Verses 1 through 6. If you'll stand out of reverence for God's word, I'll be reading from the NIV. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who will be born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. When, we had called, when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Let's pray. Lord in heaven, we humble ourselves before you today as we engage these holy words. We pray, Lord, that you would inspire us and convict us and lead us, that we might be your followers in the days ahead. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Last week I started a series of sermons on emphasizing the importance of the Bible. Because that one element is the thing that people overlook most. They'll pray while they're driving. They'll listen to Christian music. They'll attend church and be around Christian friends. But when it comes to somebody reading the Bible or listening to the Bible on their own, unfiltered, they neglect that. And I tried to tell you last week that the Bible is the one thing that we know is alive. It's living and active and true. And so... The only way we're going to have a relationship with God of, that is based on truth is when we connect with the scriptures. And so today I want to talk to you about how the scriptures are so much better than other ways to connect with God. But there are other ways to connect with God. If I were to ask you this question, do you believe what I'm saying you believe me, you're going to have different opinions based on all kinds of factors. If I almost ran you off the road on the way to church today, it doesn't matter what I say to you today, you're not going to believe me because you've got a history. Some of you maybe who don't know me so well are matching up my characteristics, my face expressions, my hand gestures with what you know to be true or not true. Abby's here this morning. Abby doesn't know me very well. Does she think I'm a con man? How can I convince her that I'm earnest? Well, if I ran her off the road earlier today, that battle is lost. But if she's just listening to me, we're paying attention, she's seeing my smile, she might get this sense, I think that guy's real, or I think that guy's phony. Because whether we realize it or not, we've got this sense among us, inside of us, to know what's real and what's fake. We can read the situation. You know that's true because if you've ever watched a cheesy Hallmark movie, and I know they're all quality, one in a hundred's cheesy, uh, you'll see some really poor acting 
sometimes. And you're like, it's not even believable. Or you'll see graphics like make-believe snowflakes. Not even believable. And you know that's, this is make-believe. A couple weeks ago, I attended a Christian filmmaker's um, film festival, and there were more than, more than 40 Christian filmmakers who had created a 13-minute film to try to convey the meaning of a particular scripture. And I was doing stuff, so I didn't get to watch very many of them. I only saw four or five. But one of them that I saw, to me, made a crucial mistake. The audio was mismatched with the lips. Just about a half a second. But that makes all the difference in the world. When somebody, when you feel it's dubbed, it's just awful. Total failure doesn't even matter what it said. I couldn't get past that. Because I know how lips and audio and facial expressions should all meet. And you're reading me right now, and you're like, I wonder, maybe you're thinking, I wonder where this guy's going with this message. Or maybe you're like, I wish he would just be done. There's all kinds of things that you're, you're thinking right now as I'm communicating to you. But I don't necessarily have to communicate in words for you to get the truth of what I'm saying. My kids will call. I'll put them on speakerphone. I think we'll have a great conversation. Gail will be there with me. We'll hang up. And I'm like, boy, our kids are doing great. And Gail will say, I think that Jonathan is worried or Natalie's worried. I'm like, worried? How'd you get that? I think, no, I don't think so at all. And sure enough, give it enough time. And Gail, she can sense it. She knows. I was right there on the call. I didn't hear it. But it's a mother's sense. Mothers have a sense when the baby's young. Oh, she's just teething. Oh, she's just hungry. Oh, you know, th those are, I don't see it at all. But a mother has that sense. Because we develop a sense, don't we? Whether you know if somebody's being true to you, you know if they're being a con man, you know if they're fast-talking you. Unless they're a good actor, we've developed a, a sense to read the room. We know if there's danger, fight or flight. We know if that person is authentic. We know if that person is confused. Somebody could say, oh, that guy's drunk. I don't know what a drunk person looks like unless they're stumbling around. I can, oh, didn't you see the black of their eyes? No, I didn't. Yeah, I can't read. I don't have that kind of sense when it comes to whether somebody's high or stoned, but I can read the earnestness of people generally. We have this sense about people. We can read it. My brother told me a story recently of he's saying Elvis at a facility and his entire sound system went out so he had no microphone and the music was playing but no microphone and so he sang and he knew that these folks couldn't hear him at all and he thought this was going to be a disaster and you know what they loved it they were smiling, they were singing with him, and they couldn't hear him. Here he thought, it's because my voice, people love me because I sound so much like Elvis. But they could read the experience, right? Without even hearing, they can read the joy 
and the singing of the experience because we've developed this sense. God works in a realm beyond what is written in the Bible. God works in our senses, in our experience. There's an ancient mystic named Teresa of Avila, and she could see the love of God, almost like the love between a husband and wife, in the everyday experiences of life. She could sense God. Can you sense God? I've learned not to dismiss people who sense God's work. They go on top of a mountain and they experience God. They take a walk in nature and they can hear God's words of encouragement. They can sense God in a beautiful song. Are you that kind of person? God is trying to communicate to us in a way that we can hear and understand, not only through the Word of God, the Bible, but using our senses and our experiences. We've learned with technology that right now, as you and I are sitting here, that we are being hammered with television signals, cell phone signals, radio signals, um, whatever else. Now, I can't, I can't tune in Sirius Radio right now in my head. I can't do it. You have to have a receiver to be able to receive those signals. But right now, I'm getting hit with all kinds of signals. I just can't tune into them. But we've come to rely on those signals. You ever been somewhere with no cell phone reception? You know how maddening that is? Now, you can't point to, oh, there's the cell phone beam. I just got to put my phone right on. You can't see them. But you know they're there when your phone works, and you know when they're not there. We have no problems at all believing that there are radio, cell phone signals all around us right now. We have no problem with believing that. But yet when it comes to God, people frequently think that God is somehow far off or somehow distant or they have to do a certain thing in order to conjure up God's presence. Like this is how you, this is how you bring God to us. But what I want to tell you in today's sermon is that God is trying to communicate with you. He is surrounding you with ways to communicate, surrounding you with impulses and senses to declare his glory. God wants a relationship with you. And a good relationship involves communication. We all know that to be true, right? A good relationship involves communication. And God is striving to communicate with you. And he's using all kinds of tools. Did you hear the scripture that was read this morning? Maybe you should go back to that. Psalm 19. Just to read the first couple of verses. Listen to this. Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. So you see... Everything is getting into the action to tell us who God is and how wonderful God is. So does it surprise you that magi from the east gazing at the stars see that a king of the Jews is to be born in Judah? Does it surprise you that they see 
God's message in the skies. Now, of course, this fulfills a prophecy given to Abraham that all nations would be blessed through this covenant. And, of course, the Magi were, were outsiders and foreigners, and they didn't have the Old Testament to be able to consult. In fact, they don't even know where Jesus is to be born. They go to Herod, and then Herod uses the scriptures to clarify specifically what town it will be. But they saw God in the skies, or in the stars. Do you see God everywhere you go? Are you looking for God? I've started this personal analogy of um, trying to visualize the presence of God. And what I do, this is not in the Bible, this is just something I do, is I look up at the sky when I give my dog a walk. And I, whether it's a clear blue sky or it's a cloudy day or partially cloudy, I take that as an analogy of God's presence. So on a clear blue day, I'll be like, oh, God, you are so great. You're just right there. I mean, you and I, there is nothing between us at all. The beauty of your creation, God, I magnify you. I worship you. It's like I have a direct connection with God. On a real cloudy day, you can't see anything, just all clouds. I think to myself, God, you know what? On those days when I can't even see you. I'm just, my concentration is clouded and I'm, I'm, I'm busy and I'm frustrated. Help me to see above the clouds because you're there shining. You're shining through, but the clouds are preventing me from seeing clearly, but you're just as real. And so I take the skies. I'm not trying, trying to encourage some kind of witchcraft, cultic practice. I just take the skies and then as an analogy for God's presence on that given day. Because God wants to have a relationship with us. And a healthy relationship involves communication. And God is always communicating with us in ways that we cannot read. You don't have to speak in order to communicate. Sometimes a look or a feeling or a sensation, don't miss it. Don't miss the ways that God is trying to bless you. I thought it was neat, Brian's example of being in the gas station and the guy coming to him and he had $7 and change in tips. And he viewed that as, you called it a test, but as a, as a God thing, seeing God in the everyday situation. Do you see God in the everyday situation? Are you looking? Because you can miss something important if you're not looking. For those of you who have married, have you ever missed a nonverbal cue? You ever been at the table and I'm waxing eloquent, I'm talking, and I look over and I know what that means, though. You better stop. stop. Don't do it. Don't, don't go do it. Now, she doesn't say, stop talking while you're ahead. I don't get that, but I can read it. I can read it. You know what I'm talking about? God is trying to communicate to you in a 
plethora of ways. As he even did with the Magi, with a sign in the sky, he communicates to us in, in, in a way that's maybe not read, but in, in a way that we understand. So look for it. Look for it. A healthy relationship involves communication. And God is trying to communicate to us. But the point of today's message is this. Of course the heavens declare the glory of God. Of course. If we don't, if we don't praise or cry out the stones, well, of course. Everybody recognizes the glory of God and everybody's into the action. But we have this thing. Check it out. We have the Bible. You see, there are people, even the Magi, who came from a distance. They didn't know. They just were going to worship. What they saw was a sign in the sky. They're going to worship a king, uh, or not worship, but to pay homage to a, a king, a new king. But we see through the Holy Scriptures that God was unveiling his incredible plan of God himself coming to live as a human coming humbly to show solidarity with what it is to be a human, to come and to die on the cross so that we might have forgiveness, so that we might have grace, so that we might have hope because of return to heaven. The, the whole story of Jesus can't be gotten by looking at the stars. It can't be. No matter how wonderful your relationship is with God as you look at the beauty of his creation, it only gets you part way there. The Bible is the necessary element to give you the information you need. You understand what I'm saying? Now, the world views the Bible as a book. Yeah, yeah, if I need to go consult the book, I'll go look at the book. But my relationship with God is, man, just me and him, that is great. I get the goosebumps when I think about it. Listen, I... That's true because God surrounds himself, surrounds us with the glory of his creation. But specifically speaking, God makes his will known to us through the Holy Scriptures. The Bible is a great, great thing. And if you really want to appreciate the birth of Jesus, you're going to want to get into the Scriptures to know what it means. It's more than the birth of of the king. It is God definitively acting in human history on our behalf. Number one, God gives us grace. Grace is unmerited, unearned favor. And so we saw in this activity when, when God sent his son that God took the initiative. Nobody recognized what God was doing. Nobody understood the magnitude of restoring his kingdom. But now we do because this baby grew to be a man who died on the cross for us. The Bible would say, while we were sinners, Christ died for us. So we only know of grace because of the Holy Scriptures. You can't get there by fishing in a pond or looking at a beautiful sunset or enjoying a crystal clear lake. 
You can only know about the grace that is in Jesus through the revelation of the Holy Scriptures. And we get to know that. It's so cool. We get to learn that God loved us so much. And not only grace, we get forgiveness. His death on the cross forgives, of our, forgives our sins. Not only are we shown favor while we were a sinner, but you and I, as we sin along the way, we can go to the Lord and we can ask for forgiveness knowing that he's faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins. No matter what your nature experience might be, you're just not going to understand the gift of forgiveness until you see the cost on the cross and until you're told that his body, his blood were shed so that you and I might be made right with God. Oh, it's, it's sad. It's sad to me when I see somebody who's calling out to a God that they don't know or understand. They're trying to live the best that they can. They're trying to do the right thing. They're earnest. But they're missing crucial elements of knowledge, which is you can't earn it. You can't be good enough. That's why Jesus came. It's a, it's a great thing to be able to rely on the love that's in God. It takes so much pressure off. Because if you, you and I, we know if we're trying to make it on our own, just can't do it. Just not good enough. We're not disciplined enough. I know there's good people out there, but nobody, nobody's good enough. And we receive mercy. We receive mercy from God. No mountaintop experience is going to tell you about the mercy of God, not like the scriptures tell us. See, the scripture reveals that the reason God came and lived as a human is so that he could experience all that we humans experience, so that he can relate, because in heaven he's mediating. In heaven he is mediating on our behalf because he knows what it's like to be a human. He knows what it's like to have a bully. He knows what it's like to have a hangnail. He knows what it's like to be mistreated wrongly. So he knows what it's like to have religious leaders who are corrupt on the inside but say the right thing on the outside. He knows all those because he lived a full human life. And so when we go to him begging for mercy, he can relate. He knows the struggles. He knows the temptations. The Bible just tells us exactly what all of this wonderful stuff we're surrounded by means. I like the wise men. I like them on dramas, Christmas dramas. I like when it's little kids dressed up. I like looking at their treasures. I used to love when we did the walk through Bethlehem and the wise men and the costumes. Wonderful. I love it. Love everything about the birth story. But let's not put the magi up on a on a too high a pedestal. Because at the end of the day, their wonderful knowledge that led them to King Herod was incomplete in itself. 
they had to go to the scriptures to find out exactly where Jesus was to be born. And you and I have to go to the scriptures to find out exactly what God is doing and leading in our life. Don't neglect the word of God. It makes everything else make sense. I said this last week. I know. I know you could go online and you can look up any verse and any quote and you can have, you could, you probably have eight or nine Bibles at home. I understand all that stuff. But, but get in there and experience it. There's some good stuff in the Bible. Some really good quality material. It's going to rock your world if you experience it. And it is the definitive way that God is trying to communicate with you. A healthy relationship involves communication and God is surrounding you with all kinds of signals, all kinds of communication. And some of you are more attuned to seeing God in clouds and in nature and in trails than other people. And I've learned to, to follow the lead of those people. They have a sense that I just can't understand. I wish I had. But would you know that no matter what those people have, it's incomplete without the Holy Scriptures. And the Bible tells us why Jesus came. Grace and forgiveness and mercy and hope. So I want to challenge you to get into the Bible this season. Start listening to the Bible online. Listen to the audio Bible. Read the Bible each day. Have somebody else read the Bible to you. Write out a verse and put it in your car and reflect on that verse. Somehow make this season to be about the truth that's in the scriptures and not in the fluff that's in the radio commercials. Let's pray.